Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. KYW Original Podcast. The Eagles are going to hire Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni as their next head coach. The 39-year-old Sirianni has never been a head coach in the NFL before, a head coach anywhere before in his coaching career, but he is slated to be the next Eagles head coach replacing Doug Peterson. Ray Didinger is here to break it all down. Ray, what was your reaction to the news that Sirianni is the Eagles' choice? Uh. I was surprised when he was announced as a candidate because he definitely was not on a whole lot of people's radar. There weren't that very many people that even knew who Nick Sirianni was. Um, but he he kind of fit the profile of Jeff Lurie Hire, so I wasn't all that surprised. Um, I know that everybody sort of perceived that it was going to be Josh McDaniel. A couple of days ago, people were saying that it was all but done. I never believed that. I, I, I never thought there was going to be Josh McDaniel because he – you know, he wasn't the kind of guy that Jeff Lurie hires uh, as his head coach. I mean, he, Jeff has never done the retread head coach thing. He's never hired a head coach that had been a head coach in the NFL before. He just doesn't seem to believe in that. So I didn't see him reaching out and bringing in Josh McDaniel, who had failed so miserably in Denver. It just didn't seem like a fit to me. Uh, I kept thinking, no, it's going to be somebody else. I didn't know who it was going to be, but I didn't think it was going to be Josh McDaniel. Uh, and Nick Sirianni is, is very much like the other coaches that Jeff has hired. Uh, they're guys that had never been a head coach in the NFL before, guys that weren't necessarily coordinators themselves, guys that weren't necessarily play callers, uh, but guys that were bright, guys that he saw on the rise, uh, and, um, and obviously played more coaching offense. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, Nick Sirianni, when, when his name entered the conversation about a week ago, when all these other guys had been talked to, and then all of a sudden Nick Sirianni's name popped up. Um, I thought that that could possibly be it because more than any of the other guys, he seemed to be the kind of guy that Jeff Lurie gravitates to. How much do you think, and this is just speculation here, based on what you know is reported on and said, said and read in the media, how much do you think, Ray, that this hire has a lot to do with the front office's ability to work with Nick Sirianni and, in a sense, control Nick Sirianni? Well, that's hard to say. Uh, I, I'm Certainly, when you're talking about the front office, uh, you're talking largely about the general manager, Howie Roseman. Uh, and there's no doubt that, that he was very involved in the discussions. He was very involved in the interviews and very involved in making the decision. An idea that they feel like they can control him, I don't know. Uh uh, would other would other coaches have come in and, and demanded more control? You know, more hands on. You know, I want to pick the players. I want to pick my staff. Um, possibly. I mean, Josh McDaniel very well may have ultimately said that he wanted to do that. Uh, but 
you know, I think that Jeff and Howie have uh, a certain profile that they're comfortable with. They like younger coaches. Um, they obviously like offensive coaches. Uh, and, um, this whole collaborative thing is something that they really believe in. I, I don't think, you know, they went down, they, they went down the, the control freak road one time and that was with Chip Kelly and it didn't end well. You know, I think one of the things they wanted was a guy that was going to come in and say, yeah, I'll work with you. You know, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not going to come in here and be dictatorial in my leadership. You know, I, I believe in working as an organization. That's one of the things that they wanted to hear, and I'm sure that coming where he was coming from, you know, Nick Sirianni, there wasn't anybody else interviewing him. I mean, I'm sure he was as surprised as most people were when his phone rang, but I'm sure he, in that respect, he probably said to them, yeah, I'll work with you guys on this. We'll, we'll do this together, and that's one of the things that they wanted to hear. What did you think of the search? They reportedly interviewed 10 different candidates, including Sirianni, and they ended up with Nick Sirianni, as the reports indicate. What did you think of the search and the selection of candidates, the, the variety of candidates the Eagles spoke to? Um, I, I was fine with it. Uh, I, I thought that they, they cast a wide net, which you should do in this situation. I, they didn't rush into it, uh, and you shouldn't do that. Um, you know, I looked at the candidates they talked to. They made sense to me. Uh, Sirianni was probably the biggest dark horse when, when he came right down to it. The other guys, you pretty much knew who they were. But as I said earlier, I, I, a lot of them, to me, didn't make a whole lot of sense right from the start. I, I know the way Jeff Lurie thinks. Um, he's only had one defensive coach, head coach, uh, and that was Ray. Uh, and uh, after that, he decided, no, I, I'm going offense. I think the... I think the, the, the way the NFL is trending now, the way the league is, the way the league is built, the way the game is officiated, everything sort of everything kind of skews offense. So we're going to go offense, and so that's why um, you know Todd Bowles didn't to me didn't seem a fit. Dennis Allen, the defensive coach from New Orleans, while he's a good coach, just didn't fit. I didn't think that Jeff was going to go defense, uh, and and also the you know the idea of guys who had been head coaches before. Bowles had been. That didn't make sense to me. Josh McDaniel, offensive coach, but he had been a head coach and failed before. That didn't make sense to me. Uh, I thought the other guys kind of did. Um, it would have been interesting if, if Lincoln Riley, the head coach at Oklahoma, uh, had agreed to sit down for the interview and showed some kind of willingness to maybe leave Oklahoma for the NFL. Because I, I do know for a fact that they really, really liked him. But when they reached out to him, he initially said, no, I'm, I'm just not interested. I'm, I'm staying at Oklahoma for now. Um, if, he had said, if he had said, yeah, okay, I'll talk to you, that may have taken this thing in a whole different direction. Link Riley could have emerged as the guy uh, because he did check all those other boxes. But he decided he wanted to stay at Oklahoma, and then the Eagles moved on. Um, the one other guy that, that I really liked that I thought could have been a serious contender uh, was Brian Dable. Uh, the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, when you look at what he's, the success that he's had reshaping that offense uh, and the success he's had in developing their very good young quarterback, Josh Allen, uh, I thought those were things that would be very attractive to the Eagles because, listen, a whole lot of this revolves around rebuilding Carson Wentz. And Brian Dayball had shown, I think, the ability to do that. But he, you know, he didn't want to do any interviews while the Bills were still playing. Uh, and he indicated that he kind of liked where he was in Buffalo for right now. So he more or less took himself out of the running. But among the other guys, the people that were willing to talk, they talked to a lot of people. And that's not a bad thing. And they kind of took their time. And, you know, now they've come back with a guy that a lot of people are saying, Nick who? 
But people were saying Andy Andy who when they hired Andy Reid, and people were saying Doug who when they hired Doug Peterson, and those guys took the Eagles to Super Bowls. So I, w- I would urge people not to be too quick to judge. Deuce Staley, um, there were players that vouched for Deuce Staley publicly. Uh, he's been with the Eagles for a very long time. Uh, it, it's it is. Um, it is very fair to believe and assume that he would have had a good grasp of the locker room right away because of his popularity. Uh, what do you think about Deuce Staley once again not getting the Eagles head coaching job? Um, I feel badly for Deuce. I do. Um, because I think he's, he, he's certainly, you're talking about a guy who's paid his dues. He's certainly done that. Um, and you're quite right. I don't know if there's any other person uh, that is as universally uh, respected uh, down at the Eagles complex, uh, as Deuce Staley, uh, he's, um, you know, he succeeded as a player. Obviously he's one of the best players, best running backs in team history. I think he's number five on the all time rushing chart. Uh, and he's been here as an assistant coach, uh, you know, under Chip Kelly. Uh, he's, and he was, you know, he's here under Doug Peterson. Uh, and he's done a really good job with the running backs. I mean, if you look at the Eagles over the years, since Deuce has been running the offensive backfield, the, the, the running backs have been one of the strongest positions year in and year out, even though, you know, backs come and backs go. And it's a, it's a different group of guys all the time, but they all come in here and perform, you know, and all different types, all different levels of experience. He's taken rookies. He's taken high draft picks. He's taken free agents, recycled guys off the street, and he's gotten great production out of all of them, which tells me that he's a really good coach. Um, and the Eagles insist that he was a real candidate this year. I mean, they, they interviewed him, they went through the process, and towards the end, I think he really was a finalist. Um, and I, I would have liked to have seen him get the job, frankly, because I think he's earned that. Um, but we don't know exactly what kind of staff Nick Sirianni is going to put together. Uh, I think a lot of people are kind of assuming now that Deuce will just look at this situation and say, you know, I, I need to move on, I need to go somewhere else. You know, I need to go somewhere else where I can possibly be on the track to be a head coach. But Nick, if Nick Sirianni offers him the opportunity to stay here and truly be and, and be the true offensive coordinator, you know, that's one thing that Deuce has never been. I mean, he's been a position coach. He was assistant head coach. He was the, the overall coordinator of the running game. It was the title he had. But he's never had the title of offensive coordinator. If Sirianni came in and said, you know, I want you to be my offensive coordinator, because, Nick, it, it's too much for him to do it himself as a young man being the head coach. I wouldn't advise him to try and be his own offensive coordinator. He needs a guy that's, that's, done, that's been there before and can help him out in that. If he decides that Deuce Staley is that guy, then it would probably be worth Deuce staying if he really is a true offensive coordinator. If not, then my, my guess is, and I'd be sad to see it, but, but Deuce very well may leave for another job. He's never called plays before. Um, he did not call them in Indy. He was heavily involved in the Indianapolis offense. What are your concerns about him? I, I assume that he's going to call the plays, call, calling plays for the first time in the NFL. Uh, well, you know, Andy Reid didn't. Uh, you know, Andy, you know, when he was the assistant coach in Green Bay for a long time, um, wasn't a play caller. You know, Mike Holmgren called the plays out there. Uh, Mike was a top level. I mean, Andy was a top level assistant, uh, and he sat in on the meetings and probably had a lot of input into the game plan. But once the, once they kicked it off, you know, Andy wasn't calling plays. But he came to Philadelphia and proved to be a really good play caller. And same thing with Doug Peterson. You know, Doug was working under Andy, and Andy called the plays for the most part. Uh, I mean, you know, he gave the title of offensive coordinator to Doug in his final year there. 
But Andy still called most of the plays. Everybody kind of agrees on that. Uh, but then Doug came here, and, and he, too, proved to be a really good play caller. So, I mean, you just kind of have to trust it that a, that a guy, just because he hasn't done it yet, doesn't mean he can't do it. Uh, and um, I think that's what they're looking at in Sirianni. In, in, in many ways, I mean, he really is, he really is an Andy Reid do-over. He's really, in many ways, kind of a Doug Peterson do-over in that he's a guy who's sort of on the edges of the conversation. Nobody really knew who Andy was when they hired him, uh, and nobody ever expected that Doug Peterson was going to get offered a head coaching job, but they did, and that certainly worked. So um, in that sense, you know, Nick Sirianni, he's, he's, right, out of that same, he's right out of that same mold. Uh, and, you know, that, I think that he just wowed him in the interview. They were, I think that's what they were kind of waiting for. I think they kind of wanted a guy that would just come in and just own the room. I think they were looking for a guy that would just take the interview and just just knock it out of the park. I mean, that's certainly what Andy did. I mean, Jeff's told the story many times that they didn't know all that much about Andy Reid, but when he showed up, he just blew him away in the interview process and just and he just won the interview and won the job. And I think that's what they were looking for here. You know, they interviewed all these different guys with all these different backgrounds, uh, but they were waiting for that one guy that just came in and blew them away. And it's obvious Nick Sirianni did that. And the last one I have for you, because um, you mentioned Nick who, what do you know about 39-year-old Colts offensive coordinator Nick Sirianni? Uh, oh, he was a hugely successful player in college at the Division three level, so people might scoff at that. But you don't scoff at, at <laughs> winning three national championships. Uh, only lost one game in his college career. Um, was uh, was apparently a, a good player at that level. And playing his professional career, just it, it, it only it began and ended in arena football. And people have their own opinions of arena football. Uh, but he, he was part of a, a, a monster winning program at Mount Union College, um, and then you know got into coaching and uh, got his start with the Chiefs. And kind of you know his 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 track was kind of the track of a lot of these young these young coaches. I mean, this is kind of the profile. Of, of the new NFL coach, you know, the Cliff Kingsbury's, the Arthur Smith's, the Zach Taylor's, Kevin Stefanski, you know, Matt LaFleur. It really started with Sean McVay, uh, who was hired as a, as a head coach out with the Rams. He was only 31 years old. You know, all offensive coaches, all very bright young guys, uh, and that kind of is where the league is going right now. And that's kind of where, you know, Sirianni comes. He, he looks, he has that same kind of background. Uh, he's been with a couple of different organizations. What I, what I kind of like about him is that um, we, the last three years when he was offensive coordinator uh, in Indianapolis, he had to work with three different quarterbacks. He had Andrew, he had Andrew, his first year, he had Andrew Luck, which was his last year as a player. Then Andrew Luck retires, and then they, he, he has a year with Jacoby Brissett who's a different kind of player. And then this past season, it was Phillip Rivers, who's an, a different quarterback. And again, another different style. Andrew Luck, Brissett, Rivers, all very different. All very different guys at different stages of their career. Play a different game, frankly. Uh, and yet he was the offensive coordinator working with those three different guys in three different years and had success with all of them, really. Uh, and when he was coaching Phillip Rivers out in San Diego, uh, uh, Philip Rivers was coming off a really bad year, and he worked with uh, Sirianni and was comeback player of the year that year. Uh, he comes to he comes to Indianapolis. He gets Andrew Luck, who's coming off a year where he was injured and didn't play. Uh, and his one year work with him, Andrew Luck is comeback player of the year. So he's proven he's proven that he can help mend broken quarterbacks. 
And that's really kind of the first part of the job here in Philadelphia is you've got to find a way. If there's ever been a candidate for comeback player of the year, it's Carson Wentz coming off the season that he had. And the fact that he's done that twice now with two different guys suggests that he kind of knows how to take a quarterback that's having problems and get him back on track. And I think that's one of the things that Jeff Lurie and Howie Rosen were looking for. It was a guy that could come in and fix Carson Wentz. And, you know, we'll see. Nick Sariani has done that before. Maybe he can do it a third time. No doubt that's going to be one of his biggest tasks. Ray, I appreciate the time, appreciate the insight. Stay safe, and we'll keep in touch as the offseason goes on. All right, David. Talk to you anytime. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it. Hall of Famer Ray Dininger of 94WIP. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 